heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. You know, we talk a lot about the indoctrination of uh, these young people. Uh, it's been a discussion point uh, that are indoctrinated into these religious beliefs or not. And uh, in, in the culture, a culture of hate uh, that is uh, spun around the world. But you know where they take them from, uh, you know, three, four, five, six. Uh, like it was shared with the other day, the other day, how they put the cartoons on and they brainwash the kids and then they actually force the kids to beat the hell out of each other uh, and to beat the hell out of, uh, you know, Israeli kids. Or, and that's what's actually happening now. So, you know, th- this is a, a culture of, it's a cultural rot is what it is, and, but it's an indoctrination and it is, it is brainwashing. And until that is really stopped, I, I think uh, really around the world, this, this culture of hate is gonna continue to permeate and grow because these young people become young adults and then adults and this is where they get their hatred from. And then they hate, they hate all people that are infidels or you know, they hate or Jewish people or white, white people or whatever, whatever it might be, but they're, they're taught to hate. It's like everything in this world. It's how things happen that way. And But, you know, I got thinking here in the last day or so where you're seeing this on our universities here now. You see this other problem of the uh, these groups, these student groups on the college campuses that are voicing their support for the terrorists. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, and they're, they're actually, uh, you know, talking about a liberation movement. And it's become very vocal. And it's not just Harvard University that everybody talks about. It's it's a whole barrel load of universities that it's happened on. Um, to the point that the uh, senior leadership in these universities, and even the case of Harvard, has come out and has uh, denounced it and condemns the ha- Hamas attacks. And said, we don't care what the student groups are saying. They, uh, this is because they can see uh, the, the the gravity of this situation, friends. You'd have to have rocks in your head, which brings me to a bigger point I wanted to share with you. And that, you know, we have our own problems of indoctrination in our country. And I got thinking about that a bit coming on with you today and thinking that, you know, we talk all the time about the indoctrination of these others into this culture of hate, of uh, the cult of Muhammad. But we got the cult of wokeism and the cult of stupidity right here in the United States. I mean, think about it. You know, we're, we're, we're dealing with all these universities and these young people out there, you know, that are supposed to be American students that are actually rallying on the terrorist. And they call this a liberation movement. I mean, this is insane. I mean, we have them in Congress as well. We know that. We have con- congressional level. We've got these kinds of this hate, this culture of hate. But we have it in our own schools. I mean, and I don't see anybody making that connection or that comparison. But frankly, our our own indoctrination, our own brainwashing in these generations and in our own colleges is also a massive problem. And we're seeing it now throughout our own country. They're in the streets in New York, in Los Angeles, Chicago, celebrating and supporting 
the Hamas terrorist. Hard to rationalize that, friends. And then when you see uh, the Prime Minister, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, come out and release the photos of babies that are burnt to a crisp, set on fire, heads cut off, showing the pictures to the world, which you almost have to do in this case because there are a lot of people that still live in la-la land that really don't understand. And the gravity of this is, is huge. And we know what the Hamas is going to do to show they always do the same trick. They show the pictures of the rubble and people that are, you know, Palestinians, people that are buried in all this or the fact that they have no electricity, water, food, that kind of thing. The humanitarian aspect of it. It's like, you think they care? I mean, these, you, does anybody in their right mind think these people care about humanity? I mean, like, are you people that stupid that anybody would believe that garbage that Hamas puts out there? Like, that's somehow an effective campaign to people? I mean, who who would even begin to believe that? when they do the kinds of savage kinds of things they do on human beings, they don't care about humanity. They don't care about who they are. I mean, it doesn't matter to these people. They don't even care about Muslims. They don't care about anybody. These terrorist groups, these jihadists, I mean, their goal is to kill people, period. And surely infidels and Jewish and white and anything else that doesn't fit their narrative, but they'll even kill their kind to get to the objective. Let's speak, let's just call it what it is. You know, he wants to speak the truth. But I think it is important to touch on the fact that we're, you know, here we are one to talk and we have the same kinds of problems in our universities. And there is a great level of brainwashing and indoctrination that is happening in the government school system. We talk about it all the time in America Out Loud. We have experts, we have doctors, we have de- we have uh, 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 educators, uh, shows that play to that narrative right there that talk about this problem. So I think it's something also to pay attention to. We'll come back to that point a little bit after, but I want to go right to this other big part of the story. And then today we will have on, uh, Ilana Friedman will be with us today, and IQ Al Razuli as well, as I welcome you in here to the Voice of a Nation. Okay, we'll come back to the indoctrination, the brainwashing, the university students, but I really want to talk to you for a moment here as well on this this day of jihad. They call it a day of jihad, which is a Friday the 13th of all things, I know. Uh, you, you don't have to walk under a ladder today to have that strike you, right? You just have to be part of this movement. Hamas is calling for a global attack. And I started to tell you a bit about this yesterday. But now that we're zoning in on this, we're seeing more people are starting to take it a little more seriously and wonder what is going on with this. But they're not just talking about it in the neighboring countries around you know, Hamas, but they're talking about it in all countries, in the UK and America and everywhere else, for that matter. Um, now, the, you have the uh, former Hamas chief and Reuters. I read you that report yesterday. Uh, they want uh, the neighbors and others around the world to join the war against uh, Israel. Uh, this is the former ha- uh, the Hamas chief came out. And then the leader and the founding member of Hamas came out and said that uh, Khalid Mashal uh, is his name. And uh, he lays out a one, two, three, four, five steps, what you should do, and so on and so forth. 
So no, the problem is the the the, the dangerous recipe we have here in the United States, and I, I see people getting a little uncomfortable right now. Interestingly enough, it's taken a while. Even some of the networks are now finally reporting what we've known and what we've been talking about for a while, which is the fa- the fact of you know the cases that we have all these terrorists that have come over our border. I mean, it's been happening for a long period of time, friends. It's in the thousands. It could be tens of thousands. I don't know. They're called sleeper cells. And they get activated when they're ready to fire away, when they're ready to take take charge, do something. It's the same thing that happened when Hamas came over and did that to Israel. They they arm and they they create a plan and a strategy. They're very strategic and methodical in the way they operate. It's the same thing that's going to happen here. And I'm starting to see people getting a little uncomfortable. And, you know, the reality of this is that nobody admitted the border problem. None of the, the trashy media, this fake media baloney, none of they haven't been talking about this problem. They've been still supporting the, the Biden administration and all of these ridiculous policies. They're beyond reckless. They're suicidal. It's what they are. And they're not supporting and helping American citizens out when they leave those borders open. By any structure, there's no good that comes out of that. There's nothing humanitarian about that. It's in fact, it's the direct opposite from the rape and the mayhem and the, the criminal aspect of this, the drugs and the fentanyl killing young Americans, the terrorists that come over, the forget the economic demise, which is serious. They can't even deal with these people. They're laying out on sidewalks up in New York and Chicago, Los Angeles, all of our cities. I mean, we already have a homeless problem here. Now we just added it to taking on the world's homeless, to add to our homeless. They're already doing a pretty shitty job in America's blue cities. I mean, now we've just added to that, to the point that the the the, the mayors, the, the blue mayors and the governors are now uncomfortable. And they're now, now don't know what to do. They're calling out the Biden administration subtly, but they're doing it just the same because they don't have the means or anything to deal with this. So... You have a multifaceted problem here. In the meantime, uh, Israel is in the uh, is decimating uh, Gaza right now uh, before ground troops are are uh, take control, which is going to be a very slippery slope. We'll talk about that today as well. Here, um, this whole thing with the, uh, the Day of Jihad, IQ Al Razuli. Let's start off here and, and go with you on this um, this story here. Uh, this Day of Jihad, they're calling for. Uh, a worldwide event in a lot of different countries, and they're being very vocal. It's all over media. How serious, uh, serious point here, I want to inform listeners, but how serious is this? And do you do you feel this this grave danger is? And, and uh, what should we be doing about it? It is serious because people don't seem to understand that the immigrants from Muslim countries in all the European, American, and Australia, even even Australia and Canada. They, their numbers are greater than all the Jews in, in the world. In, in Europe alone, 40 to 50 million Muslims. In America, there are about 5 million Muslims. So these are the people whom, you, whom the, left, the leftists say they will assimilate. And I told you and I told Americans repeatedly, it is inconceivable, it is impossible for any Sharia-compliant Muslim to be both a good Muslim and a loyal citizen among non-Muslims. 
So this jihad is not against Israel and the Jews. Jihad started 1,400 years ago when Muhammad declared it against all human beings who are not Muslim. I want this item of knowledge to sink in. It's not against Jews. It's not against Israel. It is against all of humanity, which is not Muslim. What we can do about it? Of course, we could have done a lot. We can still do. You stop immigration from Muslim countries. This is not racism. Islam is not a race. In fact, Islam is not even a religion. They claim that their God, Allah, is the same as the God of the Bible. Well, bullcrap is not. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I know that claim has been made more than once. Sorry, IQ, with what you're speaking about, when you say there's something we can do with it, stop with the Muslim country, so on and so forth, and you talk about what they will claim as discrimination, all that. Talk to me a moment about the problem, the ones that are already here. Let's talk about this in real world terms now, as we come into this Friday the 13th business. They're already here in the homeland. They're throughout. We know they are. We already know the Custom Border Protection. We already know the CBP. We already know they've got hundreds of them documented already on the terror watch list. And there are countless more. That number could be in the stratosphere because our border is wide open. It is thousands of miles long. And I can venture right now, IQ, these characters, these violent criminals are not checking in uh, to the Marriott Hotel here, and they're not coming here for a luxury hotel, a vacation, and they're not telling you when they're coming. The ones they caught are a nothing burger. It's all these others who are not going to announce their arrival. They're going to come in in the dead of night. They're going to come in a place where they can come in, and they're going to come in as part of a sleeper cell, and they're going to come in to do harm. And we've talked about this. I've talked about it till I'm blue in the face that we are inviting trouble, and it's going to happen. And as we and I continue to report, the death count is probably going to be 30, 40, 50,000 people at that point if they get their hands on. This time, it ain't going to be a couple of planes in a building. It's going to be some other things they're going to use. And so there's a master plan, I believe, at play. What can we do to protect ourselves currently? Because what you're talking about is the future with Muslim countries. But I'm sorry, they're already here. What do we do? You don't want to hear it from me. Americans will not like what I'm going to tell them. In mosques, what do you think the mosque imam is teaching them? It's a simple question. What is the imam in the mosque teaching American Muslims, children and grown-ups? Teaching them the Quran. 116 verses of the Quran incite every single Muslim to be disloyal to any country which is not Sharia compliant. Now, you're telling me about Muslims coming from the outside. You already have three and a half to four million, maybe five million Muslims in America. You have Ilhan Omar, you have Rashida Tlaib, you have Jeffries, and you have millions. But you tell, but Americans tell me, but they are decent people. Really? How do you know? How do you know they're decent? How do you know they're not the sleeper cells? It's called stealth jihad. Hamas. Boko Haram, Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda, these are the jihadi warriors. Who supports them? Who supplies them with money, with political support, with judicial support, with financial support? Who? The 90% who are moderates. 
the ones you are telling me, your friends and nice people. Yes, they are nice people to your face. In an instant, any Sharia compliant Muslim can turn into a mass murderer. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's not ridiculous. I'm telling you the facts. I would like you to find somebody who proved me wrong. Well, no, the, 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 the point of context you continue to put out there is, the, and let's understand now, please, is the Sharia compliant. Those are the catch words here you continue to say, meaning that okay. they honor, well, let me just say, they honor the, the, the Sharia, that point of view, versus a constitution or another way of life or freedom of liberty or justice or any part of that. What's happening then is this cult that we're talking about, IQ, it is, and you know, we. I often ask the question, IQ, and I often say, how can people do this? How can any rational person do this? I, but we're not talking about somebody being rational here. The other thing we're doing that I, it's adorned on me here now, you know, I talked moments ago in the opening part about indoctrination, about brainwashing. So if you're a particular person and you've been indoctrinated and brainwashed into any belief like this, and you really believe that document, whatever you, the, in this case, it's the Quran. It could be, you know, a, a nursery rhyme for that matter, whatever it is. But if you really have been brainwashed from a child and you believe that is the ultimate word, you believe that is your God's word, and you believe that if you do that, you're going to be honored in such a way. Well, I, I think about this a bit here, really. And I think, okay, so for some people that might be nice people, as we call them, IQ, that may change them in a hot second to think, well, I've got that again, that that commitment to my God or whatever it is. And that becomes the ultimate plan Versus the fact that, okay, I like these people. So when you say, how can they cut a baby's head off or burn a baby alive? They're not looking at the human part of this. They don't look at that person as anything. They just look at that as some sort of a deed to a God because what? It's an infidel because it doesn't fit the Quran, because it's not Sharia compliant, because of something else. I mean, it's kind of war. Though, it's that's Sharia what's, compliant. Happening. That's that's what's happening, though, isn't it? But let me tell you something else that you're missing and all your audience is missing. How could the Nazis do what they did? I'll right. tell you how. It was simple. Goebbels showed Jews. Then he showed rats. He showed Jews. Then he showed uh, cockroaches. So what is the association? Vermin. What do you do with vermin? You exterminate. So when you have children from the age three till the age they grow up to, to be in the military, what do they think of Jews? Vermin. Hamas does the same thing. You said it a few minutes ago. They teach their children, some of them to put them as a Jew, and the other one as a Muslim, and they take the Muslim to be the Jew. So when you have this type of mentality, it's not difficult to be inhuman. It's not difficult at all. Right, right. I hear you. I hear you. So beyond the mosque and the other points you say, uh <laughs> One of the things I'd like to talk to both of you about is how do we be diligent here? Uh, we're talking about diligence. And well, let me just ask you, what signs does one look for? I'm, right now, when you're coming into this, where they're calling a day of jihad, real simple. What kind of things is somebody looking for to know if there's danger? What is it? If they were, if they're wearing hijab, wearing niqab, covering their head with balaclava, and, and carrying the Islamic flags and the Palestinian flags, you know you're in trouble. That's it. It's not difficult, believe me. It's not rocket science. What if they're not doing those things and carrying those flags or wearing the hijab? What Then what? 
but they're not going to do that. They will not be demonstrating. Why would they be demonstrating? So if they're not doing that, then you think, I mean, whoever's going to do harm on the day of jihad is going to have the hijab on, but it may not be a woman, maybe a guy. But, but you don't know because they're covered. If they're not covered, then you know who they are, whether a man or a woman. Right. Okay. But but there really is no other way to know whether somebody's no. going to do harm to you or not, right? That's it. No. But I'll tell you something. Be armed. If you're going to be a witness to this event, I advise you to be armed. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Ilana Friedman. This, um, this I, you know, you've written books on this topic. You've talked, uh, researched heavily, uh, lived out in Israel for many years. And um, But when we're talking about jihadists and we're talking about this day of jihad, specifically the calling for in the States here, around the world, but everywhere, uh, people are deeply concerned now. I've gotten many reports into the network today about this. And now the question is, does the, does the day just pass and go by? Or are there extreme altercations? Uh, what is your sense about this and how do we go about defending ourselves? Well, one of the problems, Malcolm, with terrorists that the rest of us have is that we most of the time are completely unaware of what's going on with them. Uh, this is not something that we know very much about and we certainly don't have very much experience with. Even on 9-11, except for the people on the plane, nobody saw the terrorists, the, it, but the planes did the work of the terrorists, and we lost, you know, over 3,000 people over time, a lot more than 3,000 people of the people who, because there were people who died from exposure to all of the the, the poisons that were in the building. And there were also the people we sent to Afghanistan. We lost thousands there. That was the exactly. result of that war. Better believe it. Yeah, and, and that was a different situation because these were soldiers uh, or uh, government officials of one kind or another who had a sense of what they were getting into. I think most of them didn't know also. But the problem that we have with this day of jihad is that we have no idea where this might be coming from. We've seen some very, very angry demonstrations on the part of Muslim supporters, people who are supporting Hamas for some unbelievable reason. And uh, of course, everybody is a very comfortable life here. It's not like uh, we know anything about it. Uh, we don't have a, any kind of real face-to-face ex -face experience, most of us. But here's the thing. It, it used to be, um, I, I heard what um, IQ said, and to a certain extent, I agree completely that this is what a terrorist might look like. But I can remember being in Israel where there were terrorist attacks, um, you know, almost a daily basis. And a terrorist uh, was not dressed in jihad. It was not dressed in, a woman might be, but a man would not be dressed in any particular way. What you might notice is he has no facial hair because before a suicide terrorist attack, uh, a man shaves and and bathes and uh, makes a, a statement in front of a camera. And uh, 
it's hard to know that he's a terrorist. Uh, he, he maybe stra have strapped on a well, bomb. Well, that, that, that was my bigger point, as you heard me doubling back around and questioning uh, IQ. That's exactly correct. That's my problem. So there, is there any other way that you would recommend or suggest? Is there any other advice you would have for people I'm asking? Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of advice. I can't, You don't have time on this program for it, but uh, because this is something that I've spent a lot of time doing. But I would say, first of all, you need to be aware of your surroundings. You need to be aware of people who uh, you don't feel comfortable with, you know, near. Uh, a lot of this is instinctive. Yeah, these guys are not going to advertise themselves. They're going to come by stealth and they will go into a a place and if it's a suicide bomb or what, what or a car bomb or they're just driving a car recklessly uh, they can do a tremendous amount of damage so you need to to look at your surroundings at the people around you if you see any kind of strange behavior you want to notice that uh it's it's very difficult to to explain uh, standing on one foot um, what all the things are. But the the first thing that that we've always told people is situational awareness. Be aware of what's going on around you, and that is something uh, that that's the first step. If you feel uncomfortable about something that you see, you might say something. A lot of people won't say anything because they're embarrassed and they think maybe if I'm wrong, what will happen? But on the other hand, this is something really, really important. If there's somebody you can tell or you can call, that's uh, that's something to do. We all have we all have uh, cell phones. Well, it's better to play on the side of safe than sorry. Absolutely. And, and it doesn't matter if you're embarrassed, you know, in the long run, if you save a life, it's worth any, any amount of embarrassment. So those are those are just some of the, the first things that we tell people. I'm with uh, I'm with IQ carry if you if you are licensed to carry or in my state you don't even have to have a license. Carry a gun always. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 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 Alana, what do you think about uh, IQ's point about the mosque and the imams? And because when he started talking about they are teaching the Quran, that is that is the um, what they are doing there. Uh, we have this all throughout our country. It is we again. It's part of our open society that invites everything. What kind of a problem do you think that is? Well, I think it's a big problem. Uh, there are are some mosques which are really toxic, and. Uh, these are these are mosques since most of us don't have any kind of experience with mosques it's something that we have no knowledge of but uh, the a, a mosque is a is a place where people actually can do a great deal of harm because nobody is watching yeah on the other hand all mosques are not bad all all uh, uh, Muslim leaders are not bad but and not terrorists. Uh, but there, but many of them are, and I don't think it's. I don't think we're able to tell, frankly. Okay, I, I think we're there would be a difference here, and I think IQ correct me on this, uh, please. But I think you would find uh, disagreement with what Ilana just said because you would say all mosques or all Muslim leaders 
that are in that position because they're obviously teaching the Quran or doing that, you would call you would say they are part of the problem. Is that a correct statement? Hundred percent, you're right. Yes. Look, how can I dispute it? If somebody is teaching the Quran, right. what is the Quran teaching? Yeah. Murder people, rape them. You can rape them. You can. Many times, let me point out to the Americans. Many times, I had the priests asking me, "Why are they failing to convert?" criminals in the criminal justice system while the Muslims are able to bring them to Islam. Simple. The answer is always simple. The Quran is music to the ear of a criminal. Why? It tells the criminal you can rape, plunder, murder, enslave, do whatever you want to infidels. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the way you describe it right there, that surely does not sound anything close to a Bible uh, or whatever. It sounds more like a, a message from Satan. It is satanic. Uh, America's idea and concept of an open society is our gravest danger, as we're finding out right now. And, you know, they and of course, the leftists use this whole diversity, inclusion, equity business to, you know, call you out and call your names if you don't subscribe to whatever the theory of the day is. And so we have this problem here in society that is permeated throughout all of it. And we allow everybody to come in and bring their point of worship or their point of thought or any of this to the, you know, to, to our country. Yet it's what exactly what we boast. Here's what's really screwy IQ. What we boast about is being a true exception of a great nation is really, and this is this is accurate here, what I say, is really going to be a undermining. It will end up killing the empire. This whole form of what they call democracy, which we are a constitutional republic, but what they call that in this open society, if anything goes, will actually be our demise. Is that overstated? Not at all. I've been saying it for years. Europe, they are open society. Within 30 years, nothing will be a Christian in Europe. Right. Nothing. All the churches will be destroyed within 30 years. Yeah, it's already headed that way. We know. We know. How many Muslims did you say are in the UK, buddy? 30, in UK, maybe about 5 million. Okay, same as US. Okay. All right. Yeah. I wasn't sure because I thought you said 30, 40 million. I was wondering. No, 30, that. 40 million in Europe. In Europe, got it. On got the it. continent. But as a percentage of the population, it is much larger in Europe than it is in the United 100%, 100%. States. 100%, 100%. Yeah, the UK is going to have a much smaller piece of that, 5 million for sure. But that's, let's face it, the, the mayor there, the whole thing has become driven, that conversation. Correct, IQ? Right? Yep. I mean, the whole thing is that they've really been able Not to... Not only the mayor, they have Sharia uh, courts. Right. They have many uh, cities run by Muslims. Right, right. So I wonder if any of this, do, do you anticipate or expect any of this to rise with this day of jihad they're calling for, IQ? Yes. You do? Definitely. Yes, you do. yes, because the, the, the Muslim uh, mayors are allowing the demonstrations. I see, I see. Yeah. I wouldn't have allowed it because right. Hamas is not anti-Israel and anti-Jewish. Yeah. Hamas is anti Humanity, yeah, simple, yeah. not complicated. Anti-humanity. Let that sink into our minds a moment here. Anti-humanity. Let's write that down, friends. Anti-humanity. That is a hell of a point, isn't it? Uh, and because that becomes the bigger problem we're talking about right now. If you're anti-humanity, it doesn't matter what 
what faith or what religion or what I mean that kind of is an that's kind of an end game, isn't it? You know, anti-humanity really. Uh, interesting uh, point of context here in this conversation with IQ Al Razuli and Ilana Friedman. Uh, you know, I, we got into this a little deeper than I thought we might, but it's okay. It's okay because it, it, you know, in order to really understand the context text of this conversation and debate, you really have to peel the onion. Uh, and uh, hard to peel the onion and not cry over it as well. Isn't that true, friends? You know, but you really do have to peel it all to really understand the context of this. Uh, I I find it, th- this cult we talk about and the indoctrination is uh, a, a real uh, end game, I guess, for humanity. And the fact that we are an open society and we invite all this in here without any rules or regulations of how ladies and gentlemen should conduct themselves, I think that is a problem. It is going to become a real a real problem for this nation. Uh, now, the price to pay, we will see what rises up with these sleeper cells. I mean, all this is happening in real time right now, where, you know, a lot of these things we thought might happen at some point. But here's the thing I tell you, the bulletin, the future is here now. Like everyone knew some point this would happen in the Middle East. 100%. We talked about this for years. Everybody knew it. The experts knew it. Everybody knew it. Everybody knows what's happening there. That's why, you know, and then they run around like they're surprised or shocked, the government officials and the rest of it. Why should they be? These are, you know, these are the jackasses who've been playing with Iran, who've allowed Iran to prosper and grow and given them money for all this stuff. And then these same cats ask why. What do you think? Why? Are you a moron or what? I mean, you know why. And the policies they put out on people are simply not effective. Uh, and so we, we've created this problem ourselves, is is what I'm saying. And, and it's a grave, grave problem. And now we're going to see, now that the future has come a little quicker than what most thought it would. And I got to tell you here, the other warning I'm going to give you now is that the future could continue to come real quick, like real fast. If Hezbollah strikes, if Iran gets involved, if the day of jihad rises, if terrorism strikes here at the core, you know, all bets are off, isn't it now? You know, and then your future has uh, has arrived much sooner than they anticipated. But again, they're very clumsy. The decisions and the policies they're putting out there, they're very clumsy policies. They don't, they don't uh, aid, they don't benefit uh, the American people. They don't benefit at all the American people. They they do harm to the American people. These policies that this uh, Biden cabal and the Obama cabal have put out, this leftist Marxist uh, progressivism, communism disease. You know they don't they don't you know and it's playing right into the hands of jihad is what's happening, friends. You see what's happening here? It's playing right into the hands of and you know their enemies. But they're all against us, civilized. When I say us, civilized people who are fighting the good fight and Christian people that understand. And, it, you know, that's the problem we have here. And it's it's a real world problem that we're dealing with right now. So 
Uh, all right, where I'd like to take this a little bit here uh, more, I want to talk to Ilana and IQ uh, quite a bit more, and I want to talk about this, uh, the university problems we're seeing now uh, in this indoctrination, but also the latest on the ground there in Israel and some very, very unfortunate comments from former President Donald Trump. They are very disturbing comments to me. We'll take that all up in moments here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. to the broadcast, my fellow Americans here. It is Malcolm Out Loud, the voice of a nation. The Malcolm at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Uh, catch us on the uh, iHeartRadio network on America Out Loud talk radio. And uh, it's always a privilege to have you here. Thank you for joining us on the broadcast. I, I think we're doing a little bit of heavy lifting today uh, and talking about the core. You know, I guess the reason you hear me have these kinds of conversations as we have them, friends, is because I believe in getting to the core of the problem. I always do that. You know me, I'm up at 50,000 feet, some days 80,000 feet, uh, you know? It's just gonna keep the oxygen level there, that's all. But I do like to get up there pretty high to be able to look down and really understand what is the problem and how do we solve that problem? That's an important part of what we do here at AmericaOutloud.news and uh, on this talk radio platform. 
it's an important part is to teach these generations, but to also understand the problems. And uh, and you have to really isolate the problem and you have to dissect the problem to understand. That's what we're doing here today with some of this. Um, it does give us a lot of food for thought on this open society we have here. It may, and that may or may not be the right choice of words, since that is the name of what Jackass Soros uses for his uh, worldwide global entity. But you know what I'm talking about. This open environment, uh, for a better word, uh, what they call a democracy, which is not really the case, but that's okay. Uh, and and that's what that's where the core of the problem is. Um, these uh, the, uh, we're jump into a bunch of stuff now. Here we have IQ Al Rizulian with us. Ilana Friedman is here. I got to get right to a really big, big problem here. A point of something here. I think everybody on the show today, everybody on the call here, I believe, uh, pretty well have uh, Donald Trump in a very favorable light. Uh, I think he has really stepped into uh, something unfortunate here. And um, he says here, and I quote, I'll never forget that Bibi Netanyahu let us down. That was a very terrible thing. I will say that. Uh, this is the uh, former president speaking here. And uh, he's calling out the prime minister. Uh, he lashed out on him, saying the Israeli prime minister was caught unprepared by the Hamas attack and praising the Lebanese militant group. Hezbollah is very smart, is what he called them. You know how sometimes he'll take the enemy and like he did that with Kim Jong-un and shocked a lot of people using ad using many people would believe it the wrong adjectives, the wrong. He's doing it in a very kind of ass backwards way. He's done it before. I understand a style, but this is hard to use this kind of vocabulary in a group that just did the unsightly things and that were a product of Satan and hell. It shocks me that he would use this sort of vocabulary. He comes on and says Netanyahu has been hurt very badly because of what's happened here. He was not prepared. He was not prepared. And Israel was not prepared, is the comments he put out. Uh, he was at a campaign event at West Palm Beach and shared a lot of this commentary. When I see sometimes, he says, Trump says, when I see sometimes the intelligence, you talk about the intelligence, or you talk about some of the things that went wrong over the last week. They've got to straighten it out because they're fighting potentially a very big force. And you can see those are Donald Trump's words, the way he would say that. But it's not potentially a very big force. It is a very big force. There's no doubt about that. And it's a very terrorized force, a criminal force. Um, now, other presidential candidates have struck back already and said some things back. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis commented in and said, listen, with these escalated attacks, um, you know, he says, and I quote, it is absurd that anyone, much less someone running for president, would choose how to attack our friend and ally Israel, much less praise Hezbollah. Terrorists is very smart. Wow. Those are the words of Ron DeSantis there. Even uh, Mike uh, Doofus Pence had something to say here. He pushed back. He said, Hezbollah aren't smart. That's probably not good English there, but that's all right. Hezbollah aren't smart. They're evil. There's no time for the former president or any other American leader to be sending any message other than America stands with Israel. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Where do you go with this? IQ, talk to me about those comments. Give me your honest reaction to the comments of Donald Trump and what he stated here, please. Honest is always my way. 
Donald Trump exaggerates. I know him. I love him. I respect him. But he was misquoted. It wasn't Hezbollah he was thinking of. It's Hamas. And they were smart. What they did, we're not discussing the evil part. They invaded Israel, and Israel had her pants down. You can't escape that. He Maybe he shouldn't have said it. But he said it, and he is right. Bibi Netanyahu will be fighting for the survival of his political life when things start to settle down. The government let the Israeli people down completely. Completely, completely. This was not 9-11. This was 9-11, Pearl Harbor, and Yom Kippur combined. Yeah. Well, to be clear with you, let me make sure I correct the record. I don't know. Uh, the quote I have in front of me from the media says Hezbollah terrorist is very smart, but I, it is referencing that Ron DeSantis said that. So I don't know if Trump said that as well in his part, and it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, um, Hamas or Hezbollah, pick your favorite terrorist group and put the freaking name there. I don't know who said it, though. I don't want to take it out of context. But the point is, they call the terrorist group very smart, IQ, period. But they are smart. They did a good job. Good God. I mean, I love Israel, I support Israel, I support America. But we have to be realistic. We always said, you and I, on this program, we tell the truth, the whole truth. All right, so he comes after Netanyahu and the way he's doing, and he says uh, uh, the kinds of things he said. Is this the time to have that kind of language? Well, look. Look what? Come on, look what? Look what? I mean, they're still wiping the blood up, for God's sakes. Is this the time to have that conversation? Maybe he shouldn't have said it, but he said it. Exactly. I think I think he should you know, not have said it. You know the guy, he will always take an opportunity to create a controversy. That's he right. can't help it. That's, yeah. it. That's what Trump is all about. Well, it is, but there are times you've got to pick your words. I agree properly. with you. He's right. not the one. That's right. That's right. Well, that's the problem. That's been his problem all along, IQ. Yeah. yeah. We all have respect for what he's done and where he's at, but at some point you've got to learn to shut your mouth. Correct. He doesn't know how to do that. Doesn't know how to do it. Ilana Friedman, weigh in here. Your opinion. Well, first of all, I, I didn't like what he said. And I didn't. I You know, this is a this is much more than his making a political speech. People's lives are on the line here. There, The, the time will come when Bibi Netanyahu is going to have to stand up and and face the music because of it, this was a terrible, terrible, uh, lax moment in the in the um, uh, the the intelligence that is of Israel, which is supposed to be the best in the world, and they fell down in the job for sure. I, I I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But this isn't the time to talk about it. Right now, he is commanding an operation which is hopefully going to go a long way to wiping Hamas off the map. I don't know that they can do it completely because the leadership of Hamas is living in luxury in, in Qatar. That's right. But, That's right. but so, you know, this isn't there. They're not going to go to Qatar and wipe them out, but they, but they are going to do tremendous damage to Hamas. No, but but let me let me say this to you, Ilana. Uh, they we know where these people are. And that luxury life you just said in Qatar is absolutely correct. Here's my question: Why don't we use some pinpoint accuracy and take them out? Well, I, it wouldn't be pinpoint accuracy. It would be a, an assassination squad. 
Uh, well, then let's send a school. Why don't we do that? What? Talk to me. Why? What? That's a good question. I don't know. We are not on the best terms with Qatar. Qatar is is uh, a close ally of Iran. Right. So, well, let's not tell them we're doing it. How's that? <laughs> yeah. This is uh, this is this is a conversation for I think for another day. Uh, but but I think what we're yeah. talking started out talking about Trump's comment. It was out of place. It was right. inappropriate. There are lives on the line, including American lives, okay. and he had saying it. You know, two months down the road, when this is all over, I, hopefully it will. All be. right, all right, I got you. Now we made the point. Let me move on. I, I, I want to ask you, IQ, about that. Uh, I, I got to go back to those luxury because they are living in luxury homes in Qatar. Should we? I mean, we know who the bad guys are. Shouldn't we be more diligent and do some pinpoint accuracy and take some of these uh, these criminals out? Yes or no? Yes. For you, you remember what happened in when the, they murdered the Israelis in the in Munich. Right. Golda Meir made sure that each one of them will be hunted down and killed, and they were. Yeah, yeah. The all same right. will happen now. All right. Well, uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm putting out there. No, no, I it mean, will, it will happen now. From now on, that's it. And, you, by, you, the way, and by the way, the Israelis probably have this on their radar. When they say they're going to destroy Hamas, this is right. part of it. Amen. So, Amen. Not, Amen. It's not tomorrow. It may be. Uh, you know, two two or three months down. Okay, the road. all right. So you think, uh, and both of you think, and IQ, you think then that one of the products to come out of this is that they will begin to have to play smarter and go strategically after the leadership. Both America and Israel will have to do that. Is that a correct statement? Yes. Okay. America will not do it. America will not do it, yeah. No. Uh, too much of that righteousness, huh? No. Trump did the right thing with Soleimani. Because Soleimani was threatening America. Hamas is not threatening America. Iran is threatening America. But well, they all want to do harm to America, let's be clear. But if we, if we don't get the core of the problem out, what you always talk about, we're never going to make it, are we? I agree with you, but you you need to have somebody with a backbone to do that. Exactly, 100%. All right, all right. Let, let me talk to you about the universities, guys. This indoctrination and all that's happening here, Elana. Take take just a minute here. I, I have very limited time here, but let's let's make it count here. Tell us what's going on with. Uh, we know the Harvard president came out and uh, took an opposite position of the student groups. Get, what's the crux of what's happening in America's universities, and how grotesque is it? Okay, well, at Harvard, Harvard's a very good example because there is a, a thirty-two groups came together and declared that the cause of all these atrocities was f that Israel was fully responsible for them. There's nothing like, you know, accusing the victim of committing the crime. So they did that. And as a result, that there was so much backlash that the president of Harvard, first of all, um, distanced herself from it. But the other thing that happened was that uh, a number of CEOs led by uh, one man, but he, he, he has a big following. CEOs have promised, they have asked Harvard for a list of all the people who were in, in, involved in these groups, and they have promised that they will not hire them when they graduate. That's a big deal. Yeah. And I think it, it's, it's quite a statement. It's a very powerful statement. But the, the same kinds of demonstrations are going on in New York, in California, and in, in all parts of the United States, even in the smaller cities yeah. like Des Moines. And there are, there are these demonstrations going on. What yeah. I'm concerned about is that, that, that given the, the proximity of the demonstrations today and tomorrow, 
the the call for a day of jihad this concerns me a lot because you've got a lot of loose cannons out there yeah you do you do okay iq Al-Razuli. um let's talk about right now in the precious time we have about the the next steps we see what's going on in in gaza right now um they're talking about going in on the ground it's going to be a very perilous journey to do a ground assault there now after they've blown the whole place up which but they got tunnels all underneath there i mean it's a mess it's a mess it looks like a distant planet right now was blown up when you take a look at the, the pictures the image is unbelievable that land will never be right again you might as well just sweep it all into the freaking water and start start again what do you think happens here I think okay. America, sorry, I think when Israel goes in, any territory she takes, she must keep. Will she? Will she do Will She, she do must that? keep as a bounty for war. Okay, will, will she do that? That's another story. I'm telling you what I think should be done. I know. But every time they've done that, even with the West Bank and others, they've always been pushed back, correct? By somebody else. That's, That's the right. whole point. All right. Okay. But, but, you know, we talk about courage. Hold on a minute here. We talk about courage a lot. You know, I'm going to say something to you, IQ, based on what we're talking about right now. When the hell does Israel step up, those leaders, and have courage to say, up yours, we're doing X, and screw the United Nations and what they say? Well, she's already they said to the United Nations, screw you. We are not going to relieve Gaza until every single one of the hostages is released. End of conversation. Okay, go, go, go to hell. Good. They did say that. Wonderful. Good. They will uh, not change their mind did, on this did, did, That's good to hear. I didn't know if they said that, but did they put that on a postcard or did they deliver it? You don't have to answer that, but the point is they said it, right? The important uh, thing is it's not going to happen. That's it. Right, right. So with that said, what are you still anticipating with Hezbollah, IQ? I don't honestly think Hezbollah will go in. Okay. That's an opinion. Okay. okay. Right, right. And I it, tell you why. What? Two battle groups of ca- carriers coming to, um, to the Eastern Mediterranean. Yeah. This is not for fun. Yeah. Even yeah. Biden, the spineless, is showing now enormous spine. Well, it's, 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 it's the military and others around him, though, that are doing that, not him. But I'll tell you what, they can't dismiss him anymore. Right. Two battle groups, never in the history of the Mediterranean, were two carriers in the same place. Never. What a statement that is right there. What a statement that is. That that tells you they understand the gravity of the situation, correct? And that's it, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. each one of these carriers can literally obliterate not only Syria, but Lebanon and Hezbollah and everybody else around. Right. Okay, uh, Ilana. So there are some good signs. So thank you for that. And I do agree with you, Aq. Uh, Ilana, do you think uh, Hezbollah stays back or do you think they make a move? Uh, you disagree or agree? <laughs> I, I agree with what um, IQ is saying. This battle group, the first one, the, um, um, the Gerald Ford, uh, is going to be parking itself very close to the border between Lebanon and Israel. They're not going down to Gaza. They're going up north. And I think this will be a big deterrent to Hezbollah. Uh, and and they'll think twice and three times before they uh, they they create a a yeah. a war situation there sure, they sure. are they 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 don't then they are they have lots of people uh on their on their team but okay. they have the courage that to to take on all right so you a- don't think hezbollah makes a move then alana 
I I think they they piddle around. I think they may shoot rockets off and maybe even and, maybe and you and you both the sort of change. You don't think Iran is going to use any nuclear weapon right now. You think that's you know, so you think the, the you think the game has changed slightly. Yes, yes or no? I think Israel's response, first of all, has been a very very strong deterrent to anybody okay. else. And the right. second that America is sending the their largest battle battleship. Okay. All right. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, IQ, you agree with that assessment or have a different thing? Because I, I, I get the sense now from both of you and from the last 24 to 48 hours, the momentum is changing slightly on this thing. Yes or no? Yes, but honestly, I give the credit to Biden at the moment with all due respect to everybody. As much as I hate <laughs> the son of a bitch, I give him credit. <laughs> I love you, brother. You're just incredible. All right. It's kind of hard to top that. That's the last word. Holy from IQ, Al Rizzoli and Alana Friedman. You know, the thing about IQ and, and Alana for that matter, they're honest, honest. And you hear IQ, he just, you know, you can call him out on anything, which is why I do that to razz him up. But he always comes back with the truth. What he what he believes the truth is a very honest man. And uh, that's what he says there at the end. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But, you know, you do feel the momentum slightly. Something has happened, and I do sense it, something here. Tomorrow's going to play a big part of this now. When I say tomorrow, depending on if you're hearing this on podcast or talk radio, friends. If it is on the talk radio network, then tomorrow is Friday the 13th. Otherwise, it's the same day or thereafter. We will know at that point what took place in the future. If I had a crystal ball and could read the future, that would be a different story, of course. Um, we've covered a lot of ground here today. Uh, I find the uh, conversation totally uh, uh, fascinating uh, with uh, Ilana and IQ. Uh, but these these are world events that are crucial to uh, to our existence and uh, to the world at large. And humanity uh, really hangs in the balance with these kinds of conversations. We predicted a lot of this for years, frankly, on this network and platform. And even some of the players here on this call today have predicted this. So let, let it be said. We've been on the front lines here right along, and we're not terribly shocked or surprised by an all, awful lot of this now. Uh, that is, in fact, a, 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 indeed a fact. Um, okay, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.news. Help us get that out there, please, and uh, stay close by. We'll continue on with the journey here. Uh, thank you for joining us on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.